episode 100. We made it to 100 episodes. So I figured, how do I make this a special episode? I brought in a handful of guests, some of my favorite guests, and we got updates on what's happening in their lives. Started with Matt Skura, an NFL pro offensive lineman who's gone through some serious adversity in life. It all stemmed when his father took his own life. So we get an update on him, how he's doing, update on his football career, and beyond. Second up is Matt Petch, operational athlete, former Green Beret. He's also gone through a ton of adversity, some PTSD from the wars that he's fought in. He now has two children. He talks about dad life and his road to recovery, trying to get back on the streets as a patrol officer, policeman. Third is Evan Lovett. Always a good time with Evan. LA in a minute. This guy has absolutely killed the game. An amazing creator, ton of content, everything about all of Los Angeles. An amazing follow. He's on Fox 11 once a week. Of course, that happened after he came on my show. In all seriousness, the guy deserves it. He works a ton. He does a fantastic job. A vast of knowledge. And we even get a cameo of his son, Felix, which was fun. We talk a little baseball. Kid plays Little League. And fourth, batting cleanup was Chris Sarkeesian. Chris was early on. He was episode eight. Chris, that guy's gone through it all. And I had no idea. I haven't caught up with him in a long time. Honestly, since this episode that we did in 2019. We talk here and there, but I didn't know his journey and what he's gone through since then. And in seven months, the guy has dropped 40 pounds. He looks absolutely amazing. He's in the gym seven days a week. He's got a 14-pack. I mean, unbelievable. And you get a secret about him later in the show. Uh, Yeah, it's something I could not believe. You'll have to listen to it. So if you want to get caught up on these episodes that these guys were on, Started with Matt Skura. He was episode 89. Matt Petch was episode 29. LA in a minute. Evan Lovett was episode 82. And Chris Sarkeesian was episode 8. So if you want to find out about their journeys first, if you haven't listened to them yet, and then find out about the update here, right here, episode 100. And by the way, all of this was raw, unfiltered on Instagram live. So it was edited down, this audio version that you're going to listen to right now. But if you want to see an unfiltered version of it, it's on my Instagram account, Miked Up Pod. I will put the link in the show notes. Episode 100 with some of my favorite guests. Here we go. All right. Now we're good. Cool. What's up, dude? Not much, man. Just uh, enjoying some family time. And it's just... uh my wife and two kids for Thanksgiving. So we're just kind of keeping it chill. And whoop, there we go. Come see down a little bit. Um, nice. And uh, yeah, just been enjoying this time and figuring out what's next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. You're in a, it's a weird world. Cause you, how old are you, Matt? 30. 30. Okay. And I'm sure all off season you were amped to get back on the football field. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, felt like things were, you know, trending like in the right direction. And I was like, you know, what? like with the Rams got picked up like week two, week three, 
so I was like, you know what? Sorry to uh, wait around a little bit. And it's like, all right, now it's October. And then, okay, we're, it's Thanksgiving. And so it's definitely taught me a lot about mental toughness and resilience, staying patient. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens with this season and, and go from there. But it's, it's been good though. It's the time is really good to spend with family and, you know, also time to figure out what I want to do after football. Is it continuing to kind of be in football with like coaching or scouting role? Is it, you know, kind of breaking off and doing something completely different? So it's been good to network with people and just really get a sense of like where my skill sets best uh, fit. So it's been good. How have you been spending your days? I know you got family. I'm sure you're picking up the kids. That's got to be fun, right? Taking them to school, bringing them home, spending time with them. But like, how, how do you, when they're in school and you're, you're kind of at home, I'm sure you're working out a little bit, but that can only, only take so much of that. Like, what else are you doing throughout the day? Yeah. Just like you said, you know, I'll work out in the mornings and then it's, you know, I work out from like nine to ten thirty, And then, um, I've done a lot better job of, building a routine for myself i'm just so used to like that structure that football provides um and so i've just really been using that time to reach out to people within my own network and then just reaching out to people um here in charlotte uh that i know either who um are alumni of duke um who are kind of in areas that i want to pursue um and yeah, that's been like, what's keeping me busy and, um, just, you know, building different skills, seeing what things, um, interest me and, uh, yeah. And then, you know, kids have definitely been keeping me busy as well. And I keep up with football film. Um, I try to watch as many games as I can on my laptop, um, watch like the all 22 film. So that just keeps my mind in it. Uh, been volunteering, um, being a football coach with one of the local high schools here in Charlotte. So that's been a lot of fun. They made, made it to the second round of the playoffs. Um, so that was really fun to be part of that. And uh, so, yeah, just kind of keeping my foot in football and just staying uh, busy the best way I can. Well, there's a guy in Baltimore that misses you. He said how much he loves you and how much Baltimore loved you. Who's that? I don't know some some guy in the chat. He's giving you some oh. love. Yeah, he's giving you love. You you feel like no, you're you feel like you're in football shape right now. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, that's kind of the biggest thing. Like in this period where you know you just try to be in the best football shape as you can. Obviously, there's nothing that replicates ten fifteen play drive. Um, <laughs> but you know the trainer that I have. His name is Oren Thompson. I've been with him for, you know, my whole career, so seven years. And what he does a really good job of is, like, simulating a game. So he's like, all right, so for our condition today, we're going to do a 15-play drive, and we're just going to simulate, like, run, pass, screen, draws, like, pretty much thinking of any scheme possible from, you know, either guard or center position. Yeah, he's a big dude, and so I get to – he's holding the pad, and I'm just, like, trying to run block him or pass block him or get a bull rush from him. So he can also give a realistic look as well. And so that's what helps too, um, just getting those as close to realistic looks as possible. And, yeah, just been 
you know, it's weightlifting, it's conditioning, you know, Peloton, like all those things have helped me. And, you know, when I went to the Rams last year, um, I knew that my training was good because as soon as I got into practice, I felt really good. And even going into the games as well, felt really good. And you're pretty diverse on the line too. Like you figured you got to get a call somewhere. Did you get calls at all in the off season or since the season has started? Yeah, I, I've actually, uh, my agent's been getting a good consistent amount of calls. Um, you know, I, I kind of use the uh, analogy. You kind of feel like a commodity on Facebook marketplace. Huh. It's like, is Matt available? Yeah. Is he ready to go? Yeah. Okay. And then you just like, don't hear it. Like, and then they'll be like, okay, well, you know, we'll reach back out in like a week or something like that. So it's and just then, kind of then, like a weird. And then do you find that team signing somebody else? Uh, I have. Yeah. yeah. And so that's like the frustrating part too. It's like, wait, I thought you know, I was like number one on your list. And then a week later, you know, someone else is signed. So that's kind of just like the mental roller coaster um, that I've been you know, dealing with, but also just like using this all as like a learning lesson and just like understanding to be patient and even even keeled as much as you can and just really leaning into like controlling what you can control. You can control, you know, your workouts, your emotions, like all those things and how you prepare, how you study. So that's kind of how I've been approaching it and just kind of letting things come as they be and like because you, you just never know with this business you can be called on monday you can be called on friday and you kind of just have to be ready to go at a drop of a hat and it doesn't matter where they can sign you right even in in the postseason they can sign off the guys who are free agents uh yeah i believe so um i'm yeah. not too versed um as far as the postseason goes but yeah. uh, i would have i would assume so and, um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of like that weird teetering of like, you got to be ready to go at any time, but you got to keep your emotions in check and you got to understand this is all a business and, um, you just kind of have to keep that mindset. And so, yeah, just being able to stay busy, keep my mind, uh, in my workouts or if it's talking with people or whatever it is, um, that's just kind of how my mentality has been throughout the whole preseason, the whole like off season and regular season. And, uh, and yeah, it's just been the healthiest way for me to go about it. Yeah. Anybody in the chat have any questions? You guys feel free to free to ask. Uh, so Matt, if you don't get a call, the off season comes, you don't get a call. What's like, what's life. I feel like you'd be a really good coach at really any level. You're a very yeah, so- great guy. Yeah, so that's definitely something I've explored um, just because I've had, you know, not only like my agent, but just guys who I've been teammates with, friends for a long time, guys who are, you know, playing in the NFL being like, hey, have you ever thought of, you know, front office or coaching just because of like your personality, your knowledge of the game, the way you you, you view it, your analytics, Um And, you know, once I had enough people kind of come up to me and, like, ask me that unsolicited, I was like, you know, maybe this is something that I should take a look at. Um, And so, yeah, I think that's definitely um, a real prospect. Um, 
after the season and seeing where that could possibly take me just, um, I think that could possibly fill the void, um, of the competitive itch that you feel once, um, sports are over. And also you're, you're around the game as well. Um, you stay around the locker room a little bit, you're part of that culture. And so that's kind of, um, where I've kind of definitely, uh, gained an interest with that area. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cause I think it's the competitive juices are there, but I think being around it helps a lot. And, and my advice to anybody at any level, any, any, at any age in life is like you said, early on, you've connected with so many great people. You never know who you're meeting. So don't ever take that for granted. You could be opening a door for somebody and that could be a CEO of a billion dollar corporation. You have no idea. Right. And the same, same goes with you. Like, don't ever be shy. Shake somebody's hand and meet them and talk to them and learn about them. That's, that's the, that's, that's my best advice to anybody. hundred percent. And that's, what's also been really cool about just this period of my life right now. Like meeting some of these Duke alumni who I've never would have thought I would have had, you know, conversations with people who've, you know, worked in the White House, people who are owners of, you know, and in charge of billions of dollars, people who um, have really, like, shaped the landscape of cities and states. And, yeah, that's been just really cool to hear how those people think, what their processes are, and also just see, like, you know, professional sports and, you know, the business world they have a lot of similarities. Um, you know, it's very intense. It's performance driven. It's kind of like the do whatever it takes mentality. And so those, that's also kind of areas that I've been, uh, interested in as well, just because it's kind of like the same thought process, just in a different way. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's really cool just to, you know, meet these people, just talk to them, kind of pick their brain a little bit and understand like, all right, well, I guess we don't have too many. We have a lot more similarities than we do differences. That's been actually a really intriguing and really cool part uh, of this process as well. So You mentioned yeah. the White House. You mentioned running cities. you thinking about getting into politics? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. Um, you know, sometimes I'm good at being the uh, middleman in my household. <laughs> um but yeah, I don't know. There's, uh, yeah, I, I think that's maybe not a world that I want to uh, dip my toes into. Yeah. <laughs> at least for, at least not right now, at least. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> talk about uh, coaching and all that. I'm sure you got a plenty of connections at Duke football, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, David Cutcliffe, um, he's, you know, not only a great connection, but just someone who has almost been like a father figure to me who's really just helped me grow as a person, as a man. And so he's someone, you know, I, I think I talked to him, I think about a month ago, had a nice long conversation with him. Um, yeah. My offensive line coaches I keep in touch with and uh, yeah. And even in the NFL, I have um, a few coaches that I'm really close with that I still stay connected to just on a personal level, which is awesome. And I think pretty rare. Yeah. So that's, that's also very helpful. Yeah. NFL coaches, there's some about NFL coaches. I, guess, I think coaches in general, I think players at any level, coaches are so important because if a coach 
you're at the NFL level. So you already know a lot of information on the field and some off the field. But if there's a coach that can take you to the next level, I think that's where players like you really then respect a coach, right? Because you could just go through X's and O's and and kind of go through formalities. But when you get to the next level of football and like really getting in depth about the game, that's where you really tend to respect your coaches, right? Yeah, 100%. And I think that's why you've seen so many of these young coaches um, are being successful. Uh, you know, like a Dan Campbell, um, for example. Um, and you're kind of seeing it just with the assistant coaches that are up and coming. Um, Mike Daniels with the Dolphins. Um, these guys who have a deep connection to the game, uh, whether if they played it or, you know, Mike Daniels' situation is the ball boy. But these guys who, yeah, can kind of connect to the players, can connect to the coaches and the front office and kind of really put it together. And you're seeing, you know, the result of it, which is these really great, talented teams performing well every single week. And so, yeah, that's kind of what my thought process is as well. It's like kind of getting a deeper understanding of the game, more of like the reasonings and the explanations why you tack the defense a certain way or, okay, this formation or this personnel group is why we are using these situations. So yeah, those are all things that I think any player uh, wants to know. And then being able to connect with players and kind of also disseminate that information to them is important so that they can take their game to another level. So that's kind of how I, how my thought process is too. Yeah. And talking about young coaches is, is Sean McVay, that cool like is he that that cool of a guy then that, that he looks like you know on tv and on the sidelines yeah he really is i mean he is the definition of a player's coach obviously very intense self-motivated which you know all coaches are but the ability for him to like come into the o-line room be able to just like off the bat just like connect with every guy in the room <laughs> And also then flip right into football, talking about, okay, this is how we're going to attack the defense. This is why. And being able, and just like what I was speaking to, you know, just a minute ago, like being able to disseminate that information to us, which we, which we understand, but also give us that like deeper explanation and be like, okay, this is now I can kind of understand the rhyme and reasoning for a play action pass here or running a draw or outside zone, inside zone with these certain personnel groups. So yeah, he's just able to connect to his players and his coaches on a deep level. And I think that's why he's had the success he's had. Yeah. His, his ability just to command a room and uh, connect with his guys is, is special. You talk to him when he comes in or is it mostly the uh, offensive line coach that you're talking to? Uh, like if he comes to the line room? No, like initially, like when you initially signed with the Rams, oh, okay. was it, was, did you have a conversation with McVay or was it mostly your offensive coaches? Uh, at first it was like the offensive coaches because when I had signed, like I got there on a Tuesday, so technically an off day. And then uh, when I had signed, it was a Wednesday. So, you know, it's like the thick of the season and also one of your busiest days. Mm. Um, as a coach and a player, it's your heavy, like usually run install day. And so I just like when I got in, like I was in the middle of the O-line meetings. And so as soon as I sat down, I was like 
began like, hey, how's it going? Like, you know, introduce myself and then began writing notes and, because I had to kind of get ready for practice. So you, I think in the week that I got there, maybe the two weeks, I finally like got to talk to McVeigh because, you know, he's trying to get the yeah. team ready and all that. And yeah, just logistically, it sometimes takes a little bit longer for those conversations to happen just because like myself, I'm good, trying to get used to West Coast, the playbook, trying to figure my way around the facility itself, trying not to get lost, like where the locker room, where the meeting rooms are. So yeah, it, it, it just kind of happens naturally through the course of a week or two. But yeah, there's sometimes not that like official meeting that sometimes you'd have if you're signed in like the off season. Matt, last time we did this, we were talking about your father and he took, he took his life, unfortunately. How are you doing with that? I know that was maybe like six months ago or so. You're staying as positive as you possibly can, but how, how are you doing with that? And how's the family holding up? Yeah, we've all been doing really well. Um, I think this time too, having this kind of time where I'm not, you know, kept busy with football and all that stuff. I think it's come more to mind, like, you know, just that grieving and all that stuff. It comes up a little bit more, which, you know, I think is normal. And, but it also makes you reflect a little bit more. It's like, you know, what would my dad like say to me right now in like these moments? And so you have to kind of, you know, dig a little bit deeper and be like, and just remember like all the things that my dad said, it's like, Matt, everything's going to be okay. Like just continue to lean in on your hard work. And, you know, that's kind of where I've drawn some of my inspiration um, as well. And uh, yeah. And then the hospital that he worked for is setting up a scholarship fund for students who are going to school, going to college for pre-med. And so that's been awesome um, just to see the money that they've raised to do that and just another way to honor my dad. And so it's been really cool to see. And, and yeah, so just trying to honor him the best way I can. You know, there's probably not a day that goes by where I'm not thinking of him in some way, just because him and I were so close and just our connection with football, you know, just going through normal grieving stuff, but it's also too like you're just thinking of all the positive uh, memories, just things that he would say to me, things that make me laugh, things that like make me cry, things that, you know, just all those things. And so, yeah, it, it's been a good time of reflection. Yeah, man, that's awesome. You got a good outlook on it. It's tough, man. No matter how you look at it, it's tough, but I think you've got the right outlook and that's really cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. You got another Ravens fan who, who misses the hell out of you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's been uh, awesome to see Baltimore do so well. I know they had a tough loss to the Browns, but, and then obviously the Thursday night game was tough seeing Mark go down. But yeah, I, I always, uh, cheer for them. My daughter, that's like her team. Mm. Uh, cause that's who, you know, for the first four or five years of her life, that's who <laughs> she, yeah. she cheered for. Yeah, so I'm always rooting for those guys. Ronnie Stanley and I, we stay close, and we, we talk a whole bunch. So uh, I, I definitely still root for them. You still you, you got them going to the Super Bowl this year? I wouldn't be shocked uh, if, they, if they did. I think, you know, it's tough seeing Mark go down. So with any – I get so many questions about that. Just people ask me, who do you think is going to go to the Super Bowl? 
biggest thing is just health. Yep. Even in um, 2019, when we were having our like historic run, and I got hurt, and that kind of threw things off. And then, but yeah, I, I think if they can stay healthy, continue to play the way they are, um, I don't, I don't see why a Super Bowl run would be out of the question. So it's been, it's been great to see um, them having all the success they've continued to have. And yeah, I think whoever, you know, the NFC, it's going to be a fun, fun playoff run. Yeah. Harbaugh's an awesome guy too. I, I can't, I, I can only imagine playing for a dude like that. It seems like an awesome guy. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He's going to bring the best out of you. He's going to push you hard, coach you hard, but you know, that's what I had in college. That's what I thrived in best. And so, and that's why they're just so consistently good. It's just Harbaugh, um, his assistant coaches, just the whole culture, the leaders that they've had. I think that's it just speaks for itself why they've been so good. Yeah. Matt, your episode was one of the most listened to episodes I've had. So uh, people still talk to me about it. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I had a, I had a cousin awesome. actually come up to me. He was talking to me about the episodes and I was doing, he says, by the way, that, that Matt Skura guy, he's like, man, that was a really, really good story. It's a great episode. So, um, you know, that, that doesn't happen without you being open, honest, transparent and all that stuff. So dude, I hope we keep in touch forever. I, I am a, I'm a huge, huge fan of yours on the field more than that. I'm off the field. I think you're a brilliant guy. I think you're extremely, extremely smart. And, um, there, there's not an ounce in my body that doesn't think that you're going to be successful no matter what you do in life. And I mean that. I really do. So I'm looking forward to the next chapter and journey in your life. And uh, if it's on the football field or not, you're going to be successful. So it doesn't, doesn't matter. Well, I really appreciate those kind words. And yeah, I mean, that's kind of been my mission with this whole thing with uh, my dad passing is just being able to tell my story, hopefully connect and reach out to people who maybe have gone through something similar and know that there are resources out there and people who uh, are willing to hear your story and all those things. And yeah, I, I appreciate the kind words as well. And you know, it, hopefully uh, we'll see what, what goes on with uh, the rest of the season. But yeah, I appreciate you also having me on the show and know that this has been awesome. Of course, man. We'll keep in touch, Matt. Thank you so much again for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. No, I, I appreciate it as well. Have a good one. Okay, man. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks, brother. Same to you. Same to you. Mr. Matthew Patch. My guy, what's up, man? What are you doing, dude? I'm just sitting in the, I call it the she cave now because <laughs> we share an office, but uh, sitting in the man cave here, just hanging out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was listening, man. It was great. It was great to hear Matt's story. Uh, appreciate the message, you know, because that's, that's something that's uh, huge with us and my community, you know, uh, suicide and that, so. You know, talking about it is what's going to help us at least do our best to bring those numbers down. So Dude, that was awesome. No doubt. I love that guy. I don't know if you listen to that episode or not, but anybody listening should listen, go back to listen to that episode because that that dude is an awesome just he's just a good guy man you know and i think there's i think there's a lot of good people in the world as you know but we we turn into a to, you, you turn the tv on and you feel like everybody's just an idiot and it's not that way you know but we're yeah. we're surrounded by all this garbage all the time. But dude, I think the majority of us, there's a lot of good people in the world, and we just need more of you. We need more of Matt. We need more of good people, solid people. Yeah, definitely. Make sure uh, by the time we get done with this to mention it again. Mention his his uh, podcast with you. 
because uh, I got a bunch of vets signing on now, and uh, I'd love for them to watch that because it might might help somebody. Awesome, you know? yeah, man, for sure, no doubt. So, how are the kids, dude? What's it like being a father of two? Yeah, two. Yeah, yeah I got yeah. a six-year-old, and I have a two-year-old. Uh, two going on like I don't know, like maybe nineteen. But uh, yeah, it's fun. My son just turned six. We had his party this weekend. It's great, you know. And they're two different, completely people. Like my son is very sweet and very emotional my daughter is sweet emotional and then psychotic sometimes but it's <laughs> in in a, in a good way in a good way sure, yeah, like she, she's so tough and they're both so tough and they're both athletes uh, my son plays baseball he plays football i help coach those teams and then uh, his mom and uh, uh my fiance just coached his soccer team because uh, i had some injuries i had to get some surgeries so they helped out with that and it was great and uh, yeah, we're going to get her into soccer here soon. She's two. We're getting her into Galaxy here in LA. Nice. They start them young there. So it's been great. And that's kind of a like fun thing is like watching them grow and like the, the things they do. It's absolutely amazing. They're, they're both amazing souls. So I love it. It's the best job in the world. Do you remember being fatherless when you didn't have any kids? Absolutely. Yeah, and, I do. And what, like, does it feel like a long time ago? It really does. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine like, cause, and I was deployed from, 2007 through 2016 i had no kids when i was doing all my deployments and that was like a series of like nine four combat and i had no kids but all my buddies had kids and i i can't imagine leaving my kids now like i i, mm. I commend those guys so much for what they did because it was so easy for me you know it's hard to leave the family hard to leave you know girlfriends wives all that yeah but i can't imagine leaving my kids and there's guys with three four kids that were at war with me, you know, and that was, I mean, I think that's, that's, those dads are amazing, man. Uh, what'd you kill uh, behind you? Uh, this is a pronghorn antelope. Yep. Bang. We call him uh Harry the head. <laughs> Where, and, uh, <laughs> where'd you get he's him? Been, he's, he's been feeding my family for two years, uh, in the form of goulash, uh, sausage, all sorts of stews, wow. jerkies, you know, you name it. But uh, we got him in eastern Colorado. Me and my dad took my dad on on a hunting trip out there. We drove all the way from here in Torrance all the way out to uh, eastern Colorado. It was a nice, good father-son trip. Uh, Bagged the first two of the season and, yeah, just had some fun, you know, some father-son time, which is nice. So, Oh, yeah, man, that's awesome. Hey, what's it like uh, going through borders? Are you going through cities with armory and, and bullets and guns and stuff? Is that an issue or no? No, not at all. Okay. Uh, as long as you're like, you know, staying within like the regulations and stuff like that. I mean, you know, my career uh, that I currently have makes it a little easier too. But uh, I just knowing what you're doing, if you're going to travel with weapons and stuff yeah. like that is the hard, the, or the, the hardest part, but the easiest part, you just got to do your research because a lot of guys flew in, but I wanted to bring back all the meat with me and save as much as I could. Cause that's just what I like to do. Um, so yeah, we brought a big, big couple coolers with us and we brought everything back and we had to stop and get ice every, you know, so hundred miles and make sure that it was all cool. And then brought it all back. And next, you know, we're on our driveway here in Torrance, you know, butchering it up. Neighbors are walking by like, what are these guys doing? You know? That's wild. That's wild. <laughs> but everybody likes it when you bring them fresh sausage though. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, honest question. I know you're open and you're honest. I, I really want to know how you're doing because I got to be honest with you. More times than not, I, I, randomly, I'll think about you, when, especially when you're quiet on social media. 
you know, I think about you. Um, and I'm like, man, I just hope he's okay. You know, I hope things are okay. And I, and this is me reaching out, putting, get, getting you on the show, not only because of how great the episode was when you came on, but honestly to, to, to really find out how you are doing. No, I appreciate it. And like you said, I am hundred percent honest, uh, not doing great currently, uh, cause I've been fighting injuries for the last three years. I had five surgeries in the last three years. And I went from the opera operational athlete and kind of just started losing my athleticism, you know, fighting these injuries, fighting, you know, depression, anxiety, um, alcohol intervening with that, you know, cause that's how I fight pain sometimes. And that's how I fight anxiety. That's how I fight depression. But then it just, it's just a cycle. It's, it's, it's like this when you do that, you know, and it's, it's not the healthiest thing, but I've been looking for different options to help me with that. I've been looking at hyperbaric treatment, uh, recently, um, to help me with that. I've been looking at, you know, I've looked at different medicines. I've looked at meditation. I went out to uh, LA with, uh, Boom, it's your boy, Will Jones, and we uh, did this meditation class uh, for a week, and it was awesome. So I have, like, my mantra now, you know, I, so every once in a while, I'll sit down and I'll do that, and that'll help me calm down. But, uh, yeah, you know, just losing the athleticism was pretty tough, and I'm still up at, at physical therapy this morning. I got it again Thursday, and then again Tuesday, Thursday, and then starting Mondays and Wednesdays now, so four times a week mm. for the rest of the year, and just trying to get back to where I was because that was – not only something that helped me uh, with, you know, PTSD and stuff like that, you know, it, it's helped me with confidence, you know, and it just made me feel better. Got those endorphins going. So been fighting that. I got hit by a drunk driver in 2020. And then I got hit by another drunk driver, like a year and a half later, all at work. They mm. had police cars, uh, smart guys. Mm. And then, uh, yeah, so that's where my injuries kind of started getting really bad and, yeah, just it's been a constant battle. Uh, just trying to get healthy. It's 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 like one after another. But I got to stay positive and not think that way. You know, it's like it's on to the next recovery. You know, rather than on to the next injury. So I'm feeling better as of recent. But when they first happen and you first get your surgeries, you, you know, you're on these medications that they give you, and yep. I I don't even try to take them as much as possible. I take them like in emergency situations where like the pain gets unbearable. So I try to stay off of those. But yeah, slowly getting there, man. Still slowly starting to train again. You know, I'm curling five pounds right now, so you know, <laughs> getting, getting getting tough. But uh, yeah, it's just it's just time, you know, because I've I've rushed injuries before in 2020 when I got hurt. I rushed the injury because I wanted to get back to work. So I was so worried about emails that were coming from uh, some of the guys hiring my chain of command. So I rushed myself and ended up going out six months later because I rushed myself. So you know, talking with my doctors, they they got me on a slow and steady pan uh, plan to help me, uh, get back. But yeah, you know, I, I really haven't been posting on social media, uh, because just there's like, and when I do post, it's usually stuff about like, uh, my nonprofit Ruck for veterans, or it's about like, you know, PTSD or something funny just to, cause it made me laugh in the morning, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. Staying positive. I got, I got a bunch of good, uh, support networks. You know, I got my veterans from Ruck for vets, my veterans just in the community in general. I have my family, um, and just good friends and just people around me, everybody I meet and, just, you know, just help me out. I, they give me an opportunity like you to just talk about it. Talking about it's the best part. No doubt. You know, I'm almost said good tonight. Yeah, man. It's awesome. It's good to hear. You know, Matt, what, uh, what changed, what changed me? Cause I, I was stagnant for a little bit too. And what changed me was movement. Like I think yep. movement is absolutely everything. And I, and, and you're not working right now, right? You're on disability. Yeah. Off for the moment. And so you're, you're, are you working out at all? Just curling your I'm five doing my, I'm doing my physical therapy. I okay. do uh, what I can 
intermittently. Uh, one thing I've been doing, which is low impact and like my doctors are all about it is paddleboarding. Mm. Uh, so I've been getting out on the water, you know, and paddleboarding cause it's kind of like a full body workout. It's, I call it my old man workout, yeah. but it's you right. know, the thing, the thing with paddleboarding that I really like the thing with the ocean is, you know, you not only have the smells of the ocean that are amazing. You have the sounds, you have the visual effect. These are all different kinds of therapies. Um, that is why I, I, you know, when I was doing my veteran Tuesday beach workouts, that was like part of it because I wanted guys to, to hear, see, smell and experience the ocean and the beach because those are all different kinds of therapies. You know, people like candles at home that say ocean on them are like, Oh, it's amazing. Sure. You know, like we have it here. So let's, let's use it. But, uh, yeah, I bought a couple paddle boards. I got some good friends that have been uh, fortunate enough to let me like store them on their boat down in the Harbor and help me get down there and get me out there. So, I mean, I'm not doing, you know, a long distance, but I'm getting out there and doing something. And like I always tell my guys, something's better than nothing. No doubt. Have to, dude, you can't, you yep. can't sit around a guy like you, you're athletic. You want to move around. You want to, I mean, you're, you're, it's probably killing you that that picture that I put up, I don't know if you look like that still, but you probably don't because you've been, you're, you're probably not working out and you're probably not in shape and looking at that picture, you want to get back to that, right? It's probably yeah, the only thing on that picture that's the same is the mustache. Actually, <laughs> the mustache got better i think <laughs> it but, did get better. Yeah, i you know i i like seeing pictures like that yeah. i'll post them every once in a while and like, you know and i'll be like we're getting there we're gonna get there one of these days and it's just motivation for me you know so um, I, I i gotta get there no that's doubt it, man. that's no doubt that's me no doubt dude because guys like you and i like you can't we're, we're going to go through our ups and downs. We're going to eat like shit sometimes. We're probably not going to work out every single day. But at the end of the day, there's nobody you're, we're competing with besides ourselves. So when I see Absolutely. my pictures and I look like shit and I know where I was that day and how my mind was that day, I look back at that and I'm like, oh, man, that is one area of my life I don't want to be back in. So I'm going to wake up in the morning. I'm going to take a cold shower. I'm going to take a plunge. I'll sit in the sauna. I'm going to work out. I'm going to get back on track. I'm not going to have that chocolate chip cookie, right? Just to get right <laughs> back, dude. Because when we're out and we're out of shape and gross, we're just not in sync with our bodies and our minds. And we're just not at sync. Our sound. minds. That's a big one. Man, you're firing me up, dude. <laughs> you're firing me up, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm happy to hear that you're you're doing okay. And, and let's just, you know, try to get that hockey stick growth as they say. So not for sure. Yeah. And like, I, I, I got to give tribute to, you know, all the people that show up at my events for Rucker veterans, all my vets that show up and I check in and help me out, you know, when I can't lift boxes and stuff and just come just talk to me or just see my truck somewhere and stop in and hang out with me for a second. Like those are the things that keep me going, you know, and then obviously my family, you know, a hundred percent, but those little signs of uh i guess uh i don't know just kindness yeah. uh really help out you know they, they they keep us going so yeah man i always say you got to pick your friends right where you got a good family you're extremely lucky because we don't we don't get to pick our families that's pure luck we're able to yep. pick our friends and our our uh, little circle and it's got to be right like it's got to be right it's got to be right that's in my opinion that's what makes us happy that's what makes us grow and be better is our little community of people that that we're around you got to pick the right relationship so that's so important awesome yep what else dude anything else do you um by the way by the way i'm i'm now um i'll walk in the mornings and i'll put a 10 pound vest on when when you were when you were putting vests on and, and weight, how much how much weight were you putting on? Uh, I always tell people like start 
start light and move up. Don't go over 50. Uh, I mean, there is, there is times in training and overseas where we had 115 plus, you know, but that's just so that's so damaging to your body. Like I'd rather somebody put on 25 pounds and go 10 miles or 50 pounds and go five miles, you know, but start gradual and then just see how your body feels, you know, because it's all about how you pack it. You want the weight high for the most part. Um, but if you have a vest on, that's, that's pretty good. Cause it's, it's on both sides. So you're not pulling back, but yeah, start low and just start pushing yourself, you know, uh, step it out as we say. So it's not a casual walk. You're, you're walking like you're late for your flight at the airport, mm. you know, but you, but you don't want to run, mm. you know? So like, that's, that's, that's kind of how like we walk when we do our, our, our rec marches, our force marches. So just stepping it out and getting out there and you'll see it's, it's a, it's a different workout than running, jogging, or walking. Mm. It's it trains your body so much differently, which I'm sure you've seen. Uh, you know, putting some weight on, like you start feeling it in your shins, your calves, around your knees, and through everywhere, and your core even. You know, because you're you're wearing weight. So, I think I think Rekomarchi is the great work. It's also something like that if you do by yourself, you can get lost, which is nice because you just like throw your music on and you kind of just zone out and meditate. And a lot of times too, I'll just go down to the beach and throw like a vest on or a pack on and just walk there by the water and no music and just listen to the ocean and go man you just get lost and i'm running through like memories thoughts you know i'm planning thinking about ideas new business ventures whatever um it's something different than like being at the gym you know because you got so much so many distractions out there but when you're walking with by yourself or with a couple of your boys uh it really gives you a chance to either communicate with each other or communicate with yourself yeah is there a timeline for you to get back to work uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to get back every month. So it's just up to the doctors and up to my progress. A little bit of fallback recently. Um, just tr- trying to push myself a little bit too hard. So she said, there's a lot of inflammation in there. So, you know, mm-hmm. next week, let's see where it's at. And we're just gonna take it week by week, month by month. But I mean, I would like to get back as soon as possible. So where are the injuries on your body, Matt? Uh, so the most recent surgery I had was a cubital tunnel release. So they went in my, uh, in my elbow actually, uh, right about here. Mm-hmm. And they uh, released the uh, ulnar nerve, radial ulnar nerve, to give me uh, better movement with these fingers. You can see my hands. I've broken pretty much every finger and my hands, multiple wrist surgeries. So I developed carpal tunnel and cubital tunnel in uh, both my hands. So I'm kind of fighting those right now. This one was the most severe. So this is the one she wanted to operate on immediately, the cubital tunnel. That's uh, your pinky and ring finger. It's like I had no feeling I could move them, but there was no feeling and... It was just, they, they had no strength whatsoever. So that's kind of what we're working on right now with, uh, the cubital tunnel. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just, I've been, I've shot millions and millions of rounds throughout my life. I've worked out every day for 20 plus years and, you know, done all sorts of other things. And it just over time, you know, just a little bit of wear and tear, especially with the surgeries and all the injuries I've had, but they still work great. You know, I just get, got to get this grip back. Got to get ready, you know, yeah. cause when I go back to work, you never know what's going to happen. I'll be chasing somebody over a fence and in a fight in no time. So I want to make sure I go back a hundred percent and not 50% because my family depends on me. Yeah. Matt, you're with the city or are you a sheriff? I'm with the city. city. Yeah. Local city. How, how frustrating is it when, um, I don't know if you could talk about this when the DA releases all of these guys who should probably be in jail. You know, I think as a citizen, not even as uh, somebody does my job, it's just it's it's uh, it's heartbreaking because I just know that there's going to be other people victimized, people, good people, you know, like my family members, my friends, their friends and family. 
and good people. And I hate seeing that. So that's why I keep doing it because I want to see these guys, you know, at least spend a night in, you know, spend a weekend, whatever. So I'm going to keep going. You know, I'm, I'm not lazy with my job. I, I, when I'm there, I work my ass off. And, uh, anyway, we're going to tell you that as a citizen, it's just heartbreaking to see other people be victimized. Cause I know for a fact, I'll, I will never be victimized, you know, but I want to continue to educate people and tell people when it comes to that. And it's just what it is, you know, like having situational awareness out there and just knowing what's out there, you know, make sure like social media is a great tool for this, you know, following some of these social media pages, like uh, police post and some of the other law enforcement ones that show like these, these crimes being committed, like on the cameras. I even watched one in New York called New York PD tips just to see what's going on over there. And you see what these guys are doing. So it kind of gives you a mindset that when you're walking around, you know, people, you see people walking around with their phones, like that's just, that's a victim mindset right there. Like, put your back to a wall, get on your phone, take a look up, you know, don't just sit there looking down walking across, you know, at night or during the day, cause someone's going to come by snatch that or rob you or whatever. And, uh, you know, taking the proper precautions on your home and with your family, you know, there's plenty of less lethal items out there that you can keep in your car, you know, things like that. Just, uh, just being aware of what's out there because evil is out there, you know, and I, I learned that a long time ago when I got to Iraq in 2007, you know, when I saw my dad do the things he did when I was a kid, you know, like evil is out there. So people just got to stay alert to that evil and stay up with the trends and what's going on, you know. And I don't think there's a lot of evil, but there's just enough to ruin society. It's a matter of time, yeah. you know, and with the DA letting people out, it's just, they just get, a, they get another opportunity at it because yep. they don't care. I mean, yep. There is one guy that uh, I, I won't even say like where, but he uh, committed murder and the DA let him out and he actually put the DA's uh, name tattooed on his forehead yeah, uh, and gave, gave respect to him. You know? Yeah. So, I think that was the one who said he's, he's my homie or something, right? Like that's my guy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that's just, eh, those are the people we're dealing with. Talking about awareness. I don't know about you, but even when I go into restaurants, I'm always facing the door. Yeah. Super important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's just, those are little things. Like I said, like the, the cell phone thing, like being on your phone all the time, you know, put your back to a wall at least, or just make sure you're looking around. I mean, Instagram's not that important to be staring at all day long, so, you know, socialize with your people. But even if you're with somebody, make sure that they're doing that. If you, for some reason, can't put your back to the door, make sure that you have a mirror, make sure that the person with you is watching, you know, it's, it might sound weird to somebody like, Hey, just, just keep an eye on the door. Let me know if anybody weird walks in, but yeah, it just is what it is. You know, it's, it, like I said, I'll never be a victim, you know? So, and because that's, those are things I do same stuff like you do, you know? And I, there's a couple of places I go to and I sit in a certain spot where I can see the camera that watches the front door and be, everybody knows why I sit there because that's what I do. Yeah. Even one of the owners of the, one of the places I go to put the camera back up for me because I told him, I was like, I like to watch that when I'm here having breakfast or a drink, whatever, you know? So he put it back up for me. So. Would you want your kids in law enforcement? Uh, I'll let my kids do whatever they want to do, you know, and I'll support them with whatever they want to do, uh, whatever they do. You know, I want them to do it passionately and I want them to be the best at it. But, you know, one of my cousins just graduated from, uh, the police Academy and, you know, in the back of my head, I was like, man, this is a tough time, but I'm, tough times make tough men. So I know he's going to be a tough man getting through this. And it's, 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 this has happened before, so it's going to come back around. And you can already see it coming back around right now, actually. So indeed, no doubt, Matt. I can't. Uh, I can't tell you how good it feels to just see your face, man. Your lovely, beautiful face. 
and uh, <laughs> just keep smiling. And listen, if you can get on social media and just keep motivating the rest of your following base because that's what that's what you do best. You get on there, you let people know what you're doing, you're working out, you're fired up. Just keep motivating people. You again, like Matt's episode, you were you this your episode is one of the most listened to episode. I wanted to bring you on to my, you know, special 100th episode and and um Yeah, congratulations, brother. Thanks, that's man. awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah, that. we got to we we got to we to catch up more often. We do. Um we do. Yeah, I, I I truly appreciate you coming on and uh your kind words and, you know, getting the opportunity to come on right now and do this is you gave me a little bit more push in the right direction. So thank you for that. Good, man. That makes me feel good. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate it, bro. Keep in touch, man, please. And, um, do your thing, man. I can't wait to you. Again, I can't wait to see your journey. You get back on, on the streets and and patrolling and keeping our community safe. So we appreciate you. Yeah. Well, dude, I'm coming back. Let's go, baby. Absolutely. Let's go, baby. (laughs) All right, brother. All right, dude. See you, Matt. Okay, bro. Thank you. Hey there, guys. It's Mike. You know, as I've delved deeper into how big institutional brands support world economic health agendas and push these woke ideologies, it's become glaringly obvious that our everyday purchases matter more than you think. If you're anything like me, you're tired of unintentionally supporting brands that don't align with our values. Imagine this. Every time you swipe your card, you're casting a vote. Not in a political booth, but in the marketplace. It's time we shift our support from giants like Clorox and Lysol to brands that truly resonate with us, the real people. Brands that understand our core values and beliefs. And that's where Sono comes in. Not only are they a brand you can stand behind, but they also provide quality products that every household uses and needs. We have Clorox canisters or 409 sprays around the house, right? But do we ever stop to think about where our money goes once we've made that purchase? Well, it's time to shake things up. Sono is offering every single listener of this podcast an unbeatable deal. You're getting 30% off plus free shipping if you're in California. All you have to do is use coupon code Mike at checkout. Head over to SonoWipes.com and look for the essential bundle. It's your golden ticket to try out all their amazing products. And trust me on this. Once you experience Sono's products, you'll wonder why you ever settled for the big brands. Together, we can create a movement, a movement that's already gaining momentum out there. Let's use our dollars wisely. Let's boycott brands that don't support our values. And let's support our friends, our families, and the future of our communities. Remember, every choice matters. Choose wisely. Choose Sono. Come on, What's bro. You on? can't be doing this. Now I got to turn the air conditioning on. It's bad TV, you know? We got the, there's nothing happening. Come on, bro. Oh, wow. Good point. What's the word? <laughs> Glad to be here, man. Thanks for having me. What, you, what's going on? I just want to say, after you came on my show, you're on Fox 11 now. You're this <laughs> big time guy now, you know? You know, uh, I owe a lot of it to you. I appreciate it. It was a great platform. It was a lot of notoriety. No, but, um, you know, just working hard, man. Work hard and it gets, uh, you make things happen. That's that's all I'm trying to do is keep putting out good content for everybody. Dude, you're the man. People love the hell out of you. Do you realize this, right? I'm trying, man. I think they love the hell out of Los Angeles. And I'm just telling them about L.A. And, uh, you know, I'm just passionate and relentlessly curious. So I'm always trying to find out 
interesting stuff and and relay the mess. I'm just the messenger here, man. But it's it's fun. It's good seeing that there are a lot of people that are that passionate about LA. What'd you do to your eye today? It was last night. Yesterday, it started uh, just hurting, like a weird kind of hurt, where it's the kind where you're like, I, sh- I know I shouldn't rub it. And then by the end of the night, it was like swollen and red. And it was red and swollen all day. It's kind of going down now. I put a warm compress on it, stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it's, it was weird, man. I don't know if it was formerly an infection. My partner was like, go to the doctor. But I was like, I don't know, dude. I looked, Dr. Google it was like that you don't do antibiotics for an eye infection. It wasn't pink eye. So I was like, I'm going to see what happens. And I was going to go to the doctor tomorrow, but it's getting better. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. So what's new, man? Besides you going on Fox uh, 11 once a week, what the hell else is new with your life? I uh, just found out that I am going to be uh, honored by council member Amelda Padilla at City Hall on January 12th. So that was pretty good news. She's drafting a resolution just like kind of honoring L.A. in a minute and for what we do for uh, for the city of L.A. And her district is based out of Van Nuys. So I always call that the heart of the San Fernando Valley kind of is. Um, so we've done more than a fair share of episodes around there. So that's a pretty for me, a pretty big deal because I like working with the city, the county, all those organizations. And just, uh, it's nice to kind of get that formal sort of recognition. Dude, congratulations, man. Holy Thank smokes. Thank you, buddy. That's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's your, your mind has to be going crazy, right? Like you, you can't <sighs> believe what's happening, right? It's, it's, it's a good ride, but here's the thing. I always think people always ask too, like, do you get nervous? But it's like, nah, man, it's not me. It's the city. So I'm just a guy that gets information, uh, kind of puts it together. And I love doing it. Like today, you know, I was just working on videos and my goal is just to cover everything. So I think ultimately all this stuff that's, you know, appreciated or sort of, uh, uh, you know, that comes with it is awesome, but it just gives you more of a platform to be able to do more. And honestly, you know, like the podcast has been sort of a godsend because that's been a, a good revenue source. And I know people don't like ads and sponsor and all that kind of stuff, but that enables me to do more episodes, which is what it's all about. So, I mean, eventually I'm covering everything. People DM requests and uh, stuff, sto- good stories and things I haven't heard of. So that's that's sort of my goal is just to get all that stuff covered, man, eternally doing L.A. stuff. So have you quit your day job yet? We're there. We're, we're very, very close. We're, we're very, <laughs> oh it's, it's at a consulting, it's at a consulting level right now. My goal is next year to be able to do that. Dude. So we, we have some good partnerships on the horizon. Um, but it's good because that, that was the ultimate goal. I mean, eventually I got to get to real status where it's not just, you know, am I making enough money to supplement my income, but really where it's like, this is full time and it's gotta be something bigger. And I don't know what that next step is. Cause the podcast is pretty big. Eventually want to show and people have kind of said Hill Hauser, which is sort of funny because that was public access, but that might be in the right, the right level because he made a good living and didn't, you know, he was an Anthony Bourdain. I don't, I don't have visions of something like, although that, you know, that's incredible, but something like that would be the ultimate goal where I don't need to worry. Like when I do a Galson's episode, are people going to see that this is an ad? Like, obviously, yes. But, mm-hmm. you know, it needs to pay the bills. So, you know, at least they have LA history. But yeah, man, it's, it's fun stuff, dude. It's, it is fun. It's awesome. And I never set out to do it when we started. I started January of last year. So it's not like that long. So when I set out, it wasn't like the goal to, 
this is what I'm going to be. It's just like, dude, all this fun stuff in LA, man. Today I'm looking at my drafts and I'm like, do I run MacArthur Park or do I want run LA Fire Department? Both are interesting. Neither one's like, oh my God, amazing. But they're both so foundational to Los Angeles that I was like, oh man, I want to get them both out there. I want to get them all out there. So I got to co- cover kind of everything, man. Incredible, man. Incredible. Do you feel like you're running out of stuff yet or no? Never, never. <sighs> I, I'm running up against enough time to cover everything because think about this. I still haven't really delved into the people of Los Angeles, which in theory would mean like every celebrity, athlete, whatever that's ever come out of LA. I've only done like eight episodes on individuals. We haven't even started that. There's more than 500 neighborhoods in LA. I've only covered like 60 Mm. and everything conceptually, the dates and everything leads to another one. I did Calle de los Negros the other day. And that's basically where, uh, you know, the Chinese massacre started of 1871. I've done an episode of the Chinese massacre. I mean, we got a lot of history and a lot of stories that aren't really told or a lot of stories that are told. I haven't done the Santa Susana nuclear disaster. That was the biggest nuclear meltdown in United States history. And it happened in the San Fernando Valley and nobody even talks about it. <laughs> and it's like, so there's so much, it's, it's real streets. I got Western Avenue draft ready to go. Uh, I mean, like every city, every no, it's unlimited. I'm never going to run out of content for Los Angeles. I can't keep, I don't have enough time to cover all the content. Did you uh, find an editor? Are you editing your videos? An interesting point for the podcast, we yeah. have a producer. For the videos, I have not ceded any control or editing, and I'm very nervous about that, even though the next real step is going to entail exactly that because it's important and inevitable. Yeah. Hey, how about that 10 freeway, huh? Funny what happens when you pull back all the red tape, eh? You know what's funny about you saying that? I'm wondering if within a year or so there's going to be some sort of incident that may happen because I'm wondering if it was almost too fast. Like to your point, at first I was like, hell yes, finally got that. Like the way they got it done was amazing. But then I'm like, that was so fast. Mm -hmm. Then I'm like, no, I hope they checked all the boxes. Because look, you see those pictures. I'm not an engineer, Mm -hmm. but you see those pictures. I'm like, that looked like some pretty severe damage, not just like charred cement or concrete or anything. I was like, like, but you know, it's good. People are driving. My sister-in-law just drove on it yesterday already. She was like all proud of it. I mean, it is a good thing, but I'm a little, I'm like, hope it is up to snuff. And they're not just, you know, opening it to open it to get the political capital in what is essentially an election season coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's getting a lot of props right now. I just want to say, if I'm going to build a home, I'd like to get my plans back and a permit back in five days. That'd be cool. Bro, bro, everybody I talk to, all the LA businesses, small, big, proud, leaving the state, they all say the same thing. And we know it's true. Los Angeles and California are extremely hard to do business in. We're here because we love it, but... It's a tough, there's a lot of red tape, a lot of bureaucracy. We've seen some corruption recently and a shitload of taxes. So, I mean, it, it's a tough, but we're here because we love it. Like my wife says, it's a sunshine tax. You pay because you love Los Angeles. At the same time, I'm like, all right, well, what am I going to do? Move to Tulsa and then go to bed at nine on Friday night and have my dinner, yes. my birthday dinner. Olive Garden, like that's, (laughs) you know, so, okay, for lower taxes, like, I don't know. It's not worth it for me, so. Hey, talking about the 10, what's uh, traffic going to be like this uh, this week with Thanksgiving? It's funny you say that. I heard, and this is all secondhand, that traffic was nuts today, like Mm. outlandishly nuts. I, I stayed local, so I didn't see it myself. 
But I feel like everybody, it was one of those things where everybody had the same idea to kind of leave at the same time. Let's all leave early and it ended up backing up Tuesday. And you might get one of those weird KNX traffic reports like freeways look great. Like, you know, kind of deal where it's almost the holiday tomorrow. So I don't know. That's my sort of gut inclination right there. Great question in the uh, in the chat here. He's asking, what is your go-to In-N-Out order? Wow, that's a good You know, I have beef with In-N-Out, no pun intended, because <laughs> it hasn't been the same for me since January. In January, I ran a story. Lindsay Snyder and I, she's the CEO of In-N-Out. We, we chat and we DM. She, you know, was appreciative of some past stories. And at that point, she was like, it's our 75th anniversary this year. So we we're talking and the story had come up about in and out may leave California in theory for Nashville, like moving their headquarters. And I kind of ran that and I ran it by her and I was like, you know, do you stand by this? She's like, absolutely. To that point, California is difficult to do business in. And you know, who wouldn't explore leaving? And I asked her, I said, can I go on the record with that? So I actually ran a static post the next, that day with a screenshot of that. And she was pissed mm. and she was like, Oh, typical media, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know, but to, but to your point, to answer your question, this is my order. I will get a, I used to get a double, yeah, okay, let's do double-double with grilled onions and chopped chilies, and then additionally, a protein style, what do they call it, protein style with cheese uh, with whole onions. So just and I do like the fries for the record. I'm a fan of the fries, especially with the special sauce. You go, you go animal style fries. Nah, no. I like the concept animal style, like what it represents for In and Out. I like cheese fries from like a like a little league field that style cheese fries, but In and Out is a little bit different. I like their fries with special sauce. That's Dude. and sometimes ketchup, but special sauce for sure solely. Next time we, when you go, you get the French fries. And then yeah. you, you, right. You squeeze the lemon on the fries and then you yeah. put the pepper and you have lemon pepper fries. That good one. That's a good one. All right. Tip Don't noted. Forget. Don't noted. forget. Don't forget. On it. Yeah. Good take. Good take. What else, man? How's the podcast? It's good. How many episodes? Podcast is good. This is episode 41 this week. It's going well. Uh, it was our first one with a live read from an advertiser. So that's fun. McKenna dealership. They have nine dealerships kind of in South LA County, but we've had Gelson sponsor um, Airstream LA auto show. So it's been doing well and I can't let the cat out of the bag. I've had two pretty good guests recently. Michael Connolly, who's the creator of Bosch and um, Lincoln lawyer. And then Esteban Oriol, who's famous for LA fingers. Mm. And he's a photographer partners in Mr. Cartoon LA originals. But, um, there was a soft commitment today from somebody that was that's a pr fairly big deal that I'm sort of proud of. So I don't want to say anything, but I will know tomorrow for sure if she is coming in next week. Mm. Um, that would be a very, very, very big deal. And uh, yeah, I will be absolutely thankful on Thanksgiving if that happens. But the podcast is good, man. 41 episodes growing, uh, having fun, kind of trying to find the rhythm between guests and my like Ellie in a Minute stuff. I love the depth and the history I give on the LA in a minute, but people like the guests, but guests are a whole different ball game, man. Cause it's a different type of preparation, yep. uh, getting them in the studio, uh, coordinating schedules, all that kind of stuff. So I'm trying to, uh, sort of be able to coordinate who, uh, who will come on or if I'm going to end up doing two a week with one of the long form and one guest, 
But that goes back to your earlier point of quitting the day job completely because that is a big time time commitment. Yeah, yeah. Are you still close with uh, Lindsay Snyder, or you just you broke that relationship? I'm uh, close. I, I don't want to say I burnt the bridge, but like I said, my son loves In and Out, and I'm always like, ah, oh, we don't like need to go to In and Out, like. <laughs> But but it's it's a temporary boycott because In and Out is the real deal. So I'm never gonna be like fuck In and Out. Like, yeah. But yeah. listen, man, they've uh, you, as you know they've got an amazing story. I've been trying to reach out to her to get her on my podcast. So unfortunately, you burnt that bridge. So we can't do that anymore. <laughs> but how you do this is you invite <laughs> her onto your podcast, and I think that'd be an amazing listen because people will know there's drama there. You invite her in. You be very nice to her. You talk about the story. And the journey of in and out and how it all went down. And then you guys will mend, mend the wrench, uh, the friendship. That's fair. That's fair. I'll put it in there. I'll put it in. I'll, I'll see. You know what? Can't hurt to ask. And she is the kind of person that does not back down from contention. So there you go. I'll tell you what, if this guest that I'm supposed to have or potentially not come, we're going to have next week comes on. I think it'll get her attention. And, mm-hmm. and that could be a possibility because that would be a really fun one, by the way. Is it a restaurant owner? This this female you're talking about? No, not at all. It's a it's a politician. Oh, Karen Bass, huh? Karen Bass, huh? No, I didn't say any names. <laughs> you can you can assume because there's a lot of people. <laughs> Evan, you are the man, dude. What else do you want to talk about? Anything else? Did we touch on anything? Everything? Oh man, I mean, look, Thanksgiving. Just because it's Thanksgiving. I think it's funny to bring up and I'm look, I'm always infatuated with LA's past, uh, the frontier era, 1840 to like 1890s kind of becoming my favorite time in Los Angeles. The reason I bring it up today is because Los Angeles didn't celebrate Thanksgiving until 1871. And it sounds pretty recent. I mean, it's a long time ago, but it's fairly recent considering Thanksgiving started in 1621 or something. Uh, but LA was a Confederate town, a Confederate pro slavery uh, pro-secession city, which kind of blows my mind, especially considering the L.A. politics now. That So I, did, I had to look into the history of Thanksgiving. I'm running that episode on Thanksgiving morning, but it's kind of hilarious in a historically short time how much L.A.'s evolved and changed and kind of done a complete 180 because to think of the hotels in downtown Los Angeles in the 1860s had portraits of confederate leaders and generals in their lobbies like this was a confederate town it's just sort of funny to think about especially in thanksgiving so la like intentionally didn't celebrate thanksgiving to give like an f you to president lincoln yeah man your information is beyond bro i so somebody somebody said say hi to felix in the background yeah um so I want to show Bring Felix. Say hi. Say hi. This is my this is my son, by the way. Hey Felix. Oh man. I think Felix just ended the uh <laughs> live. <laughs> uh, Felix. Oh Felix. <laughs> Felix, Dude, there we go. There we go. So that's my son. He's ten. Say hi. Hi. Hey there Felix, is. are you the stud baseball player? Oh. Yeah. What position? <laughs> There he is. Yeah, we got a big tournament. We got a big tournament this week, but he broke his toe, so he's Ooh. not playing. But how, how did he I'm break his toe? How did he break his toe? You know, his mom always says, "Don't play ball in the house." It's one of her cardinal rules. I sort of condone ball in the house because uh, it's better than screen time or certain other alternatives. Let's say we were playing the dumbest thing with, with a beach ball, which is fun, by the way. We were playing with a beach ball in the house and. 
is like in the corner and he's, he's an athletic kid. So he's like going to make a play a little too aggressive with it. Wearing socks on a wood floor, kind of got slippery, and then the toe just bashed into like a door jam. And at first, I thought it was stubbed, and I was like frustrated. I'm like, dude, it's your everybody stubbed their toe. Yeah, it turns out it's broken in three places. So yeah, we don't, we can't, we can't risk it. The we toe, risk the toe's tough too because there's nothing you can do. You just got to tape the other toe together and hope it heals fast. That, ex- that's exactly what we're doing. We have a boot, which is almost the dumbest thing because the boot exposes the toe. Yeah. And I'm like, now his toe is more, more vulnerable, yeah. but it keeps him from running. But yeah, so what, that's where we're Evan, what, what position does he play? What position do you play, buddy? Pitcher in center field. Oh, he's got an arm. Yeah. You righty yeah. or lefty? What do you, what do you throw? Right-handed, left-handed? Right-handed. Right-handed. Okay. And he's a speedster. His game is speed. His game is fast, Felix. I, I kind of say, I don't really say that, but I like the alliteration, but does, that's, that's how it Where does he bat in the order? Does he lead off or? Lead off. Yeah. Lead off. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, is he a Dodger fan? Are you a Dodger fan? Yes. 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 Love this kid. Uh, how about them Dodgers, man, Evan? Most disappointing team in the history of all of sports or what, man? You know, obviously those Braves from the 90s come to mind. It's tough to take the regular season for granted knowing they're going to the playoffs and then they disappoint. It's a tough... It's a t- Look, my friend once said, being a baseball fan is the worst investment possible. Uh, for a fan because only it's nine months of the year and only one fan base is left happy and it's every single day that your heart's on the line and the Dodgers have definitely let us down a while but it's it's LA's team and it is LA so I mean we love them and we go back every year what do you think of the uh, five-day break what do you mean well the when the wild cards play each other and the Dodgers had I terrible. I, I, terrible. I, don't know if I said five weeks. I meant five days. Excuse. Yeah. Can't use it as an excuse, but I hate it. And the Dodgers have been burned by it. But you know what? The Astros are fine. Like they're never the wild. They're never the wild card. They get a break. They usually advance past yeah. the first round. So we can't use it as an excuse. That's Evan, my take. You're the man. Yo. Thank you so much for making the time. You're going to Fox, and, and thankfully for me, you had this eye condition, so you couldn't go on Fox <laughs> 11 tonight. And you Great to be. Hey. Congrats on 100 episodes. My That's man. a big freaking deal. Great job. I appreciate you for giving me a platform and for springboarding part of my success. I will never forget. Hey, so man, thanks. you got to remember us little guys, all right? Appreciate it, Mike. Have a great <laughs> one, All right, buddy. brother. Thank you. Be good. Me Thank too. you. Thanks, Bye-bye. man. That was good. All right, Chris, we're doing this. Wow. You guys having fun? Is this fun or what? I should do this more often. There he is. Look at this guy. It's not a fake backdrop either. That's a real backdrop. That is a real backdrop. What's up, my man? How are you? What's up, dude? Been a minute. Been great. How are you? I'm good, man. A lot of life been lived. Things are good. Oh, yeah. Things are progressive and productive. You know, a lot of ups and downs, but overall, you know, things are good. Staying positive. Yeah. Good. Things are good. Good. You can't just throw a picture up uh, shirtless and you've got a 14 pack. And just throw it up there and pretend like I figured, I, fig- I figured we'd try to get some attention, you know, bro, come on, do a little draw, bro. I just, to be honest with you, I just, uh, back in March, I had my 45th birthday and I was looking at all the photos yeah. and I was just like, God, I'm fucking fat, dude. <laughs> and I swear to God, it just triggered this thing in my life. And I literally for the first time, like 
no trainers, just whatever I've learned over the years become like addicted Mm -hmm. to. And my wife thinks it's a bit obsessive now, to be honest, but bro, I just feel good. I get up every morning and I train almost every single day. I mean, hate to say it. It's almost like seven days a week right now. Wow. And sometimes when she comes home from work and she's, you know, I'm just chilling and I'm like, she's like, I'm going to work out. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I might get a second workout in today. Wow. And then just jump into the gym and like rip at it again. So yeah, dude, I feel good, man. I feel good. I know it's starting to like, I mean, I feel like I look good. I look better in my clothes, but more importantly, it's the way I I feel, the way I sleep, the way I wake up, the energy that I have throughout my day. It's just like peak optimal performance, dude. And to feel this way at 45 when there's like so much going on. I mean, it's, it's been uh, quite amazing, dude. It's pretty cool. You know, people get their blood drawn they look at their panels they go to good nutritionists they go there's guys out there like gary brecca is one guy that i listen to now he's changed guys like dana white and steve harvey and Stephen a smith like he's changed their lives the first thing they tell them the first thing those guys tell brecca is i've never felt this good in my life and the first thing brecca tells them is this is how your body is supposed to feel like our right. bodies are superpowers. Like we we feed it garbage most of the time and we think this is just how it's most okay, I wake up on a Saturday and I feel good. No, dude. Seven days a week you're supposed to feel like you're feeling right now. That's unreal. And you know, you bring up Gary Brecca, dude. That's exactly like the last few months. That's exactly who I've been feeding into. You know, I the blood work, you know, taking the peptides, uh, the cold showers. Uh I'm on, I'm tempted to buy a uh a cold plunge, to be honest with you. I haven't made the jump yet because, you know, I want to make sure that I'm going to use it every day and I want to be consistent with what I'm doing. These kind of things you kind of fall off on. But I think eight months in now, I'm pretty freaking solid. And I think that that's like the next thing. Although because of you, I started doing those cold showers oh, a long yeah. time ago, but now it's like I do my workout. I walk, I get up in the morning, my gym's in my house. I walk into the gym, I turn on my song and I set it to 90 minutes. And I start my training, you know, I get in there, I, I do about 50 minutes of like weights and calisthenics and uh, some some training. And then I get into my sauna, I do my sauna for about 20, 30 minutes, that clock finishes, I go down, I jump in the shower, and it's just straight cold shower, get that shock, just a blitz of energy, and then on. So I can't imagine like, I mean, I've done these plunges, but probably like twice in my life, it is quite different than just jumping into the cold shower and doing it. But um, it's it, it something sucks. that, dude. Do you it, have one at home? I do, and I I have one, but I was do feeling you use it. I was feeling ice in it, so it's it was it was like it's, I don't like it. I'm not a fan of that. So I I went out and I'm, yeah. I bought a new one with a cooler, so it's going to be cold at all times, and it's it should right. be delivering that, in the next got week that or so. Chiller on there, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but for dude, look at your skin, man. You're glowing, dude. How much weight have you lost? It's good lighting. Um, dude, I was, I was sitting at 220, and, uh, this morning I weighed in at just above 180 at 182 pounds. Wow. So almost 40 pounds, bro. It's it's a lot. And it's like, you don't, you don't realize it. Like when I was sitting at that weight, like, I don't know, I just never, I never looked at myself to being that big. And now that I'm more lean, I'm like, fuck dude, I was fucking fat. And yeah, I was, I hate to say like, it is what it is No, and unhealthy, dude. You know, you're drinking, you're partying, you're eating garbage. It's that late night food. You know, let me just grab a burger. Let me grab a taco on the way. You know, that intermittent fasting helps, you know, it's huge, has a huge impact, 
but uh, it's really about that diet and then the consistency of the workout at the moment. And then, you know, I'm, I'm taking like, I'm taking peptides, BP one, five, seven, AOD nine, six, zero, four. Like these are like one of them, like, you know, it speeds up your metabolism. One of them, it's like regenerate. It's been tested for regeneration of your, your cells. So there's stuff that I am taking. I'm I am taking protein in the mornings. Like Brecca says that 30, 30, 30, right? Yeah. 30 minutes after you wake up 30 minutes of uh, 30 grams of protein and a 30 minute workout and that shit shreds. So I'm doing all these things. I don't feel like I'm doing a lot, but I, I really am. There's several different things that you're doing, but you've been on I this since March. Yeah. Since March. Yeah. Okay. So you, you've, you saw a picture of yourself and you said, you've had enough. I look like, like a donkey and I've had enough, right? Gorilla. A gorilla. Yeah. So what was the, um, what, what was like your next step? What'd you do? Um, fasting started with diet first started with diet started losing some weight started taking these peptides i was already on trt so i was doing that for years but never using it properly like not working out with it and then uh the family and i did our summer vacation which we were just constantly walking everywhere we went we did we did hyastan we did armenia and then uh, we did some parts of italy sardinia puglia and you would think you would eat a lot but you're walking so much so this has now been four months. When I came home, I got on the scale and I was like, holy shit, like there's a ton of weight that's come off. Mm. And then that's what was the kickstart was like, all right, in the gym, let's go. And uh, that's where the big impact started happening. But it's really about food, dude, food and just just walking that started with just walks, you know, getting burning calories like that. I mean, I think. Yeah. Did you get a blood panel? Did you get your blood drawn? And did I some, do? I okay. do already. I do already like every six months because I do the TRT, like I get my blood tested. But now I'm going to do that. The the gene test that they do with that Gary Brecca does. I actually just saw my doctor on uh, on Monday morning. So we decided that that's going to be the next thing. So I'm going to get in there and really dissect me personally, my hormones and see what's really going on with my body at this point. Where are you getting the TRT from? I get it from my doctor. Okay. A doctor prescribes it, but I go in there, I get my blood work done. We make sure that, you know, I'm regulated where I need to be. You know, I'm not taking it to get bulked up. I was never like that. I was always deficient. So I just like to keep like a, my balanced hormones yeah. where I'm trying to be. Yeah, dude. Um, it's a different path for sure. Oh, dude. No, I'm so happy for you, bro. Cause people don't, yeah, thanks, dude. people don't understand. People are negative. People don't like each other. People come home in a bad mood. People can't sleep at nights. There's so much to this that people don't realize. And it has everything to do with movement, working out and everything yeah. to do what we're putting in our bodies, dude. Like alcohol is poison. People don't understand this. It's poison. It's the worst. It is. It's the worst. Drugs are poison. They don't understand it. So like they'll, they'll smoke a little bit and they think it's okay. Okay, or they'll they'll sniff a little bit and they think it's okay. Yeah. It's not, dude. It's a huge toll on everybody's body, and people just Absolutely. don't understand this. And yeah. dude, I'm talking to the guy who's done all of this, right? Yeah. So you're the perfect model for all of it. Totally. Yeah. It's it's different, bro. It's like uh, to to know that you've experienced those things and to know how terrible you actually feel, but you don't know it in that moment. But now, when you feel so good, you look back and you're just thinking, never again. You know, you never want to be that way. Yeah, man. Yeah, 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 for okay, sure. Okay, so how did, okay, are you, you're eating good, but you like to have a drink once in a while. Are you having a drink once in a while? I am. I'm not withholding myself from like, I still go to In-N-Out, you know, yeah. I still eat burgers. I still eat. I just eat smaller portions of what I was eating. And then I just eat in that eight hour window. 
So okay. I'm eating later and I'm just fasting, right? Okay. I'm not eating anything after like 6 p.m. I generally don't eat. And then I'm usually eating lunch by like 12, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So that's all that I eat. I'm not snacking throughout the day. I've cut out sodas. I, you know, I'm self-conscious of like eating like a lot of carbohydrates and shit like that. So like heavy proteins, which I fucking love. Yeah. You know, I love to eat steaks. I love to eat even if it's just the burgers protein style. So I don't try to, you know, hold myself back too much. You know, but it, it ha- little things have an impact. I really think it's the workout. It's the consistency of the workout every single day. And bro, to be honest with you, I'm like the last person to give anybody any kind of health advice because I don't know. I've messaged one of my trainers recently that I trained off and off, off and on with for the last several years because I'd be on for two months and then I'd be off for eight months mm-hmm. and I'd jump back on. But I called this dude up and I told him, hey, I just want to say thanks for everything you taught me. Here's what I look like these days. I don't need you. He's like, let me come over. I'll work with you. And I'm like, nah, I'm on my own now. Like, I don't need somebody else because they come over. You just want to hang out and like bullshit with them. Sure. (laughs) A lot of waste of time. What are you doing? What are you what are you following? Is there a workout routine uh, program or app that you're following? Oh, one one of my one of my uh, trainers, actually, they work at they've got this self-made training gym over here. And he's given me like access to their app where he puts in a bunch of. uh, Cool. Um, exercises for me in the weekly, but generally, bro, to be honest with you, Mike, I'm just going in there and I'm just doing things that I know, things that I like. And it's, you know, I'm starting to work a lot with like kettlebells. I've got a kick bag and a punching bag that I get down with. Um, and just basic, just basic free weights, dude. Yeah. There's nothing to what I'm doing. Like seriously, like there's nothing really what I'm up to. Yeah. So, and how are your weekends, uh, eating wise, your eating habits? Same, you know, it helps my wife's super healthy. My business partner, Jamie, she's super healthy. Like, so when I'm surrounded by them constantly throughout my day, like one during the day I'm with and one at night I'm with, like, they're just, they're both, they don't eat heavily themselves. They're real self-conscious about their exercise and they're mindful. So it, it helps. And then even like with the boys these days, everybody, like we go out to dinner, nobody wants to have dinner at 10 o'clock at night mm. anymore. You know, that prime time has changed. When you try to get a reservation in LA these days, it's not. 8 30 9 30 10 o'clock anymore like people want to eat earlier in the night yeah or earlier in the day yeah so i'm again i'm i'm working out saturdays i'm working out on sundays so i just even when i'm I'm still not eating bad even when i'm going out you're, and i buckle down these days bro if we're not really out traveling or doing something you're home you're kind of like you know there's so many new projects that we've been working on uh business wise uh, that we've taken on. So it's like, there's not a whole lot of time to go out and everybody's so busy. Friends are so busy these days. So you're not up in the mix like that. Like we used to be. I'm sure being married to a principal has something to do with your discipline. eh? (laughs) Tells me I was probably the worst student ever. (laughs) What's that like, Uh, man? What's that like? Uh, she trusts, you know, she doesn't try to bring any of that home. Um, we talk about stuff sometimes that she, you know, she talks about how difficult it is to manage yeah. adults sometimes. And she has her own issues that we work through, but Ani's really good at what she does. She is uh, definitely an overachiever and uh, she puts in a lot of, a lot of hard work and energy and processes into what she does at that school. I think that the community has felt a strong impact of her efforts uh, if you went and talked to any of the parents or the children of the school, I mean, they love having her there. Uh, but like I said, she just, you know, she goes to school with Mila. They come home after homework. Like she doesn't want to talk about that anymore. So sure. we try to keep both of us try to keep our work outside of the house. Uh, the only time I really hit her up about my work is if I'm creating something and or if something needs to be proofed. I've got 
the editor on to unlock, right? I could just send her something. She proofs it for us and boom, oh, yeah. we're ready to go outside of that. We try not to do too much. Yeah. You know, we try to keep it a little lighter than business talk in the house. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's awesome. How are the businesses? You're still in the restaurant business and the marijuana. So the restaurants I had, I think the last time we, I told you I had left the restaurants 10 years ago. Uh, at the time we owned, uh, seven sports bar pizzerias and, um, and Medi Kitchen, the Armenian Lebanese restaurant at the time. So recently, actually, it's been one year now uh, that uh, my business partner and I just bought one of our uh, old restaurant chains back off from my brother. And here in Anaheim, it was the flagship store right near Angel Stadium. Uh, we've just rebranded it under Stadium Peps, and uh, we've just we're really kicking ass, dude. You know, I'm not the same businessman I was. Uh, 10 years ago when I was running those restaurants and uh, we've learned a lot. I've got my business partner who's involved, who's very disciplined and structured and learned the restaurant biz now over the last year. So we're doing that, which is cool. We were just looking for some cash flowing businesses. So we dove into that. It's cool. Uh, it's a little bit different because, you know, for a long time with other businesses that we we're doing, we didn't have a whole ton of employees. So we're back into, you know, working with employees, which, is a bit, which has its challenges. Mm -hmm. But, yes, I'm doing the restaurants. I'm still in the cannabis game. Uh, I've still got the grows in uh, Los Angeles and Montebello, actually. And uh, that game's become super difficult these days, very saturated. Uh, the game's definitely changed. Uh, but we're hanging tough. You know, we, we're, we're a small batch uh, facility uh, that you know caters to like a real boutique connoisseur smoker. We have our clientele. Uh, we're never we're never gonna be uh, Bud Light or Coors Light. You know, I always tell everybody if you had to compare me to any kind of a beer company in that model, I would say that you know I would be considered like the arrogant bastard. You know, I'm a, I'm a micro brew, and that's what my license is. It's a micro license. You know, we're not producing. 20, 50,000 pounds a year. We're producing 3,000 pounds a year of like some really fine, high end quality, you know, cannabis. And it's got the connoisseurs that want that. The thing that's changed is that, you know, it's, it's not that sexy. It's like I said, it's become attract. It's not that attractive anymore. I think that uh, the margins aren't what they used to be. You know, we came from the traditional underbelly of this market, we came from the black market into compliance. And um, it's got its challenges now. So, you know, we're, we always talk about, you know, maybe selling uh, that part of the business and moving out of cannabis, straight cannabis. You know, over the last year, we've been developing a new product under a brand called Hey Mary Jane, which is a nutraceutical, nootropics-based, CBD-based, CBN, CBG, a lot of different cannabinoids, but a real bespoke gummy product that elevates your mood. Um, and multiple areas, what is it, fit, libido, soothe, sleep. Uh, we're going to be launching this hopefully like uh, Q1 of mm -hmm. next year. We're just uh, finalizing our packaging. And uh, that's an e-commerce space business. So how I got into that, like not too long ago, we met this, this cat out of Utah who was doing e-commerce. And, you know, what do you do? What do you do? And, you know, I told this kid that I sold weed and he looked at me and he goes, oh, yeah, slow money. I was like, what the fuck? Slow I just told you that, you know, I sold cannabis weed and you told me I'm a slow money. What do you do? He goes, oh, we do e-commerce. We sell, you know, stuff online. We did 80 million in revenue last year. I'm like, all right, shit. That's game changer. Teach me. 
you know? Mm. So after a, a long couple of years, uh, my business partner and I dove into that space. We made some money, we lost some money, but we really educated ourselves in that arena. And uh, now we're about to launch our own product in that space with e-commerce where you have a global audience, not just, you know, just locally here in California, because we can't sell anything, any, any weed, you know, cannabis products out of California, but these are hemp derived products and uh, they they fall under the farm act of California or the United States. And you can ship these things mm. nationwide and globally. So it's really exciting. We've been working on that for a while and it's uh, ready to launch, which is, you know, pretty exciting. Definitely. Um, outside of that, you know, I think the last time we spoke, I was getting, I don't even think I told you, but I started getting into like some real estate development deals. Yep. So that's a whole nother arena. There's a whole another project we got into. We bought these properties in West Hollywood and we, you know, we developed these multifamily, uh, condominium projects, which is super exciting. Again, like these were things that I would much rather sit in an office with an architect and an engineer and talk about putting up a splash pool where you look at the Hollywood sign, you know, rather than sitting in a room full of like, you know, some early 20 year olds that want to talk about cannabis strains that they don't excite me. You know, right. when we originally got into cannabis, it was for the therapeutic side of it. Like we wanted to make a change and an impact, but it's just recreational. Everybody just wants to get loaded. I don't get high. We do grow good product. I'm not a connoisseur. Like I don't smoke it. So it's just like, I don't know. It's time. I think it's time to flip the page, maybe cash out on that and, and do something different. Have you stopped smoking since March? I was never a big smoker over the last many years. Okay. Mainly I put everyone, I think before we spoke the last time I was on that, I was going to leave on that trip to uh, Peru to have an ayahuasca mm -hmm. ceremony. Mm -hmm. And after that experience out there, the entire experience, not just the experience of the three nights of ayahuasca, but when I came back, like that was the one of the things that changed in my life. I have zero interest to alter my mood with any kind of enhancement, yeah. whether it's a psychedelic mushroom or the, any, whatever it is, like even the drinking, like it's become like next to none. I liked, I like to be sober yeah. and that's where I'm at my best, where I'm just on my a game and I'm focused. It's just, it's a whole different thing for me. So going out there was one of the things that I came back with was, was actually that, like, it just made me realize that I, I connect deepest when I'm actually not under the influence of anything. Did you think you anywhere know? in your life you would ever be this way? No. Crazy. I, I, I know. Yeah. It's very strange, especially like now, like for a while it was like, it was like an, I had like an identity crisis, right? Like, because you would look at me and you would think I'm a certain way or I was a certain way. Like I'd like to party and that was my thing. And now it's like, I'm, I'm not, and it's, I don't feel boring, but it's just, it looks like it's boring, you know, but there's a lot going on. There's a lot of action going on, but it's not having to do with that aspect of any kind of toxins or enhancements or drug use or anything like that. Alcohol, like you just don't need it. I think it bothers other people more than it does me. Like, you know, it's, it's a little antisocial, you know? No, yeah, it's, it's a good life, man. Chris, how much of this do you give credit to your wife and your daughter? Uh, Mila, definitely. Actually, my wife, obviously, she never, you know, Ani never, whatever choice I make, never, she doesn't treat me like, like a kid, right? So we have a relationship where we're both adults and we make certain decisions that, hey, you may not be happy with the way I am. So she's never, 
ever got in the way and told me, Hey, you shouldn't do that. Or I don't like you doing that, you know, because the way the, this relationship organically developed was I've got my life, she's got her life and I've got my, we've got our life together and we respected each other's boundaries. Um, so the real change was more, you know, for Mila, but when, it didn't happen right away because when she was born, you know, and I was still out doing my thing, partying and uh, coming home late sometimes and then realized like, dude, this ain't this ain't cool. Like, I don't want to be this way. You know, not that I, I didn't have a problem, but I could definitely it was taking away from that valuable time that I would should have been. You know, you should be offering your family. So slow changes and those things didn't happen overnight. It took, you know, it took multiple years to get to that point, which was probably like until she was like five where I was dropped, pretty much stopped everything. Um, but really now after that last ayahuasca experience and that spiritual journey that I went on, things changed even more. And now I'm on this health tip where they all like kind of come together. So I don't know what's to come next, but you know, I feel good. Yeah, man. Uh, I think I just saw a shooting star. So that, that is not a fake backdrop. It's <laughs> backdrop. Hey, the uh, ayahuasca experience. Tell me about it. What did you, uh, what did you experience? Man. So you go out there, we flew into Peru and, um, first they give you, um, something called combo. I think we talked about combo. Um, that's like to do like a full body cleanse. And then they, the following day, you have an experience with just the dimethyltryptamine DMT from the toad called Bufo. And that is probably the mo- one of the most profound experiences a human being can have. Uh, it's like, a, I think I told you guys this, it's like a direct connection to the divine. You've got this astral projection where you're on, um, your soul leaves your body, man, leaves its vessel and you transcend to back to back to the place where the soul's rest before they come here. If anybody believes in reincarnation, um, you go, you have this experience. And then the following day you sit with a shaman three days in a row and they give you the ayahuasca and uh, the ayahuasca has the active ingredients of DMT in it, except it's regulated by the shaman and you don't blast off and come directly back in, you know, 15 minutes where the experiences last several hours throughout the night um it's just super powerful bro like to get into it at a surface level um you you find your you connect with your true self you have a deeper connection with losing your ego and finding who you really are realizing that you are like star seed and you are god and you have god energy all of us do all of us carry that power um it just gives you the sense of like wisdom and understanding um, a deeper value in, in life and, and understanding life and love and compassion. Um, it's extremely powerful and I don't think it's for everybody goes searching for it, but if it ever crossed your path or your soul takes you to that road, it's something that is worth the journey. Definitely. Would you do it again? You know, it's one of those things that like, I don't know, like I don't feel the urge to like when I hear people go back and they do this multiple times, I think like, for what, like, Mm. why do you need to do that again? But then again, Mike, like I don't, I didn't have these like crazy issues that I was trying to work out. You know, I have childhood trauma. Everybody does. I had, you know, but I was loved. I had mom and dad. Like I, I was cared for, like I wasn't beat. I had just life's trauma that I dealt with. But, you know, there's these people that come from less fortunate or they've been raped or they've been abused or whatever. Maybe they have darker shit that they're dealing with. Fine. Maybe you got to go. Maybe it takes time 
to get that cleanse, but I wasn't going there to heal. You know, I was seeking enlightenment or seeking wisdom or seeking experience more than going, man, like I'm really fucked up. I'm depressed. I'm not a depressed guy. I've never been a depressed guy, you know? So the guys that are doing this or going back multiple times have different layers of issues that they're trying to sort out. Um, and it's like going to therapy for them, right? It's like having going to a psychiatrist, except you're doing it through a shaman. Same thing. The difference between a psychiatrist and a shaman is one get, prescribes you medicine and then one gives you the medicine, but takes it with you. So it's, it's really, uh, it, I mean, it has like, it's, I don't want to say it's medical, but it's definitely has that kind of an impact on you where it's, it's therapeutic. Uh, but for me, do I need to go back currently? No, I had this conversation. A few friends came by this morning and we were talking about, you know, some psychedelics or microdosing mushrooms. And, uh, you know, they wanted to talk about the ayahuasca and I just, it's not for me. I, I don't need it. Not, not now in my life, maybe one day. I don't know. But as of right now, probably not. And you feel as though those who had issues in the past, it's, it, it could solve some of their issues. I don't doubt that for one minute. I think it absolutely solves very deep issues and in individuals that have dealt with, uh, you know, any kinds of trauma, pain, losses, abuse, drug abuse. I mean, 1000% it has a positive impact on someone's outlook and life and change when they experience uh an ayahuasca experience or a DMT experience in a controlled environment where you're not trying to use something like this socially, you know, this is like to go and actually get on that path to help yourself, to cure something, to understand something that went on in your life. Yeah. So this is like, so like somebody, alien technology. Yeah. So, so uh, take me through an experience. If somebody is having had issues with somebody in their past, does it mean it'll show up through ayahuasca and then you can kind yeah. of communicate it as will. to what happened? Yeah, you can. I mean, it, 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 it's like, they say it's like you sitting across the table, negotiating against yourself or your ego with mother ayahuasca as the mediator. Um, it just really, it's really difficult to explain, but you're not here. You're not in this present realm anymore. You're on an astral plane, astral plane, and uh, you have no choice but to deal and confront your deepest, darkest secrets. Um, some people cry, some people vomit, you know, some people purge, but it's like a deep cellular molecular level cleanse is what takes place. And then it allows you to break boundaries in your mind because people compartmentalize things like this when they have those kinds of traumas in life. So it gives you the ability without you wanting to, once you're there, that's you wanting to be there and to allow yourself to do that. But once you drink it, you lose yourself in that time. You don't have that control anymore. You've given your control up to mm. the plant medicine and it will give you what you need. Wow. What a trip. Yeah. And that's a three day thing, right? Well, yeah. So they give you People generally, you know, you get this L.A. experience where you just go one night here in the Hollywood Hills. And I'm not sure what this is like. But when you go into the jungles um, and you go to Peru, let's just say, and uh, you do it there, they, they you, you're on a diete, which is like a diet for like 
a month before you're cleansing your body, you're eating certain things. Uh, and then when you get there, you're doing the combo to cleanse you. And then you're doing the DMT Bufo to open everything up, your mind up. And then you're sitting with a shaman for three nights in a row and you're drinking first, like it's a lower dose. The second day, it's a little more. And then the third night, they're just like, you know, you, it's as much as you really want to take, you know, they'll come around and they'll offer it to you again. And the shaman sings these Ikaros. I mean, it's so powerful it's very wild wow yeah you definitely come back a changed person i don't care who you are what you've been through when you go and you experience something it changes your entire perspective on life human beings on anything anything that's alive you have just a deeper connection to everything around us kind of you're taking life for granted prior to that absolutely wow Man, that's a trip. What did you do? Did you purge? Did you throw up? Did you cry? What was your thing? Night one and two, I didn't. Actually, uh, everybody around me was getting sick and purging and this and that. And I, I walked out of there like, I think it was night two. Like, I just felt like a warrior, strong and powerful. Like, because I didn't have these like demons I was fighting. I just felt, and it was almost egotistical. And then night three, I got so fucking sick, dude. Mm. Just I was just puking and puking and puking. No, I didn't really have any. I was nothing to cry about. I just got sick, like I was purging, but it was more ego. Mm. And what did yeah. you? And what'd you but, go for? What was your? Uh... Again, like I was saying, like I I was seeking uh, enlightenment. I was seeking experience. I was seeking just soul searching. You know, I want to know there's gotta be more like, what else is this? Like I wasn't going to heal. Like some of the guys I was there with, one of them had just lost, uh, a mother. One of them had lost a mother and a father. Mm. Uh, my business partner, Jamie, she was there with me and she was dealing with childhood trauma that she thought that she had, that she wasn't sure what happened. So she wanted to regress and see how, you know, what happened to her when she was growing up. So you get all different, you know, walks and talks of life, dude, mm. going to these places, seeking different things. It helped Jamie out too? Uh, I think it really did yeah. help her find what she was looking for. Yeah. I think she may, she may go again because she was working on, she had things she was working on. Um, so I could see her uh, going back yeah. for another round. Yeah. Amazing. Crazy. Too much for me. Yeah. Crazy stuff. I mean, that you, for can, you? I mean you can, t- you can drink something like that and you can get on a trip. It's well, I, this is what's wild is it's like, there's, it's taking a, a vine and uh, you know, a leaf yeah. from two different species of plant. You know, you make these into a brew, into a tea. And when you drink it, you know, you've got this, it's, and it's not like taking LSD or eating a psychedelic mushroom. Like this is far superior to that. And to know that, you know, these ancient Amazonians had figured this technology out, like how it doesn't make sense. Like this is passed on medicine for generations and generations. But I was tell everybody, this is like alien technology. Mm. You know, it's, it's really there to heal. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, it is wild. Man. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, man, I think we touched on a lot of stuff, man. We did. This was so much fun. We always talked about, uh, kind of a follow-up episode. I'm happy you're here for the hundred. kind of got one. Dude. Amazing. Anytime. Well, I'm so happy for you. hundred episodes, man. You got to be proud of yourself and your audience and your friends and the support we, you all had. Like, this is so cool. Yeah, man. Proud of you. I'm happy yeah. for you. Appreciate it, Chris. Where do you go from here? Um, I think I just, I, I keep doing my thing, but I, I spread out, spread some things out, you know? 
do do different things. I'm 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 um, I'm running the business every day. I'm doing this as a passion project. This is fun. Cool. This is fun stuff. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be able to do, we don't, we don't see each other enough. The three guys prior to you, I've never met before. It's guys that I met through the podcast. Like I've connected with yeah. so many cool amazing guys, people. Yeah. Like it's incredible. I learned so much. And for me, I've, I've got a decent amount of people listening, but for me, yeah. it's a selfish thing, dude. Like I want to learn, I want to get better. Right. And you, you want to listen right. and get learned. You want to get on that train, then turn me on. If you don't, I don't really care. Like people tell me, yeah. people ask me all the time, like how many people listen to the show? You know, a couple of days later, I was like, I don't really look because I don't, it doesn't really, I don't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it really doesn't for me. And that's the honest right. truth. I'll look later on. I actually look today. I was looking through some stuff. I was like, holy crap, there's a lot of people that listen. And, uh, yeah. it's, that's an amazing feeling because you're doing something right, but you're getting the right 20, people 20, on thousand followers, man. That's a lot of people, you know? So it's, it's good, man. It's good. It's good stuff. Uh, who, good. Cu- who cuts your hair, dude? You got an amazing hairstyle. C- can I be honest with yeah. you? cut my own hair dude no you don't <laughs> there's no way i i have i haven't been i haven't been to a, a barber in 15 years probably dude what are you ta- you use the flow b what are you using i swear to god dude i use a clipper clipper some scissors no just, you don't my dude. family will laugh at you if i tell you they're like he's always in the bathroom cutting his hair <laughs> Dude, you're oh, lying. You. You're lying to me. No, I'm so serious. How do you do it? Seriously, how do you do it? Let me see the back. Let me see the back because the back is very important. Yeah, it's clean. Very clean. Yeah. What? <laughs> how do you do that? How many mirrors I'm do you serious. own in the bathroom? Just one, just one mirror, dude. Just, you know, this is embarrassing. But yeah, thanks. <laughs> dude, I, I honestly, I'm blown away. I figured you're paying like 120 bucks for a haircut once a week. No, 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 no. Wow. Dude, so you've saved enough up to get a cold plunge. I got to do it. I, I have the room for it. It's just, you know, just I'm in a, the one that I found, it's like, I don't know if they're, they're like five or six grand, you know, yeah. but you want to use it, you know? I use the sauna religiously, which is cool. Yeah. I use the whole gym, everything in there. We use the Peloton. It's, it would just be another addition to it, you know? Yeah. I just want to make sure, like, listen, at the end of the day, I'm not like a Olympian. We're not some crazy athletes and does... Does the cold shower have just as much as an impact as the cold plunge, mm-hmm. you know? Well, they say you have to get down to at least 58 degrees. So you can you get to 58 degrees, the 50 degrees. Anything under that is all ego. You want to put it on social media and tell everybody that you're in 35 degrees. It doesn't do anything after th- uh, 50 degrees. So if you go below 50 degrees, okay. it's the same impact as 35 so degrees. Yeah. Okay. So your shower at home, you're probably at 65 degrees all the way cold. So you're not quite hitting it. And so plus, you're not quite getting it. You're not. And plus, you're, when you plunge, it's a, it's a different feeling than it is. Cold is good. You know? you're, you're getting, you're getting I cold. I know, dude. dude. And, and it's not it's fun. Releasing dude. those endorphins for like seven, eight hours of the day. Like, I get it. I just got to pull the plug and do it. Just do it. Yeah. Just, you have one at home. I'm going to come jump in yours a little bit. Come. Seriously, come try it out. <laughs> I'm going to get in a couple weeks. So I'll let you know when I get it. Uh, let me know. I will. Anything else, man, you want to talk about? We talked about a lot of stuff. No, everything else is good, man. That's cool. about it. Tra- we're still traveling. We're still getting tattooed. We're still raising our family and we're loving everything about our life. Things are good. You know, friends are friends, family. It's like everything is in its place. Nice, like, man. Everything's in its place. That's so awesome yeah. to hear. That's so yeah. awesome to hear. Uh, how Thank much you. you have skin left uh, for tattoos? Where are you putting them? 
So back then I had like, um, I hadn't done anything on my legs and now I just legit, I'm, that's the last frontier, I guess. I just have like this much room left on my, on my thighs and, uh, think I'm done. I think it's a sickness, you know, it's like body dysmorphia. Like you just want to be fully tatted. I don't want to see any empty spots, but yeah, I'm almost done. Right, I know. Nobody it, wants to hear I, about it. I know what you're doing. You're you're putting the head down to see how you cut your hair. It's it, dude. It's per, I mean, it's absolutely perfect. <laughs> I can't believe that. I swear, uh, I don't. I don't believe it. Come over. I'll get. I'll hook you up. I might have to. I got you. Dude, that's honestly the most impressive thing about you. I don't care about all the business stuff you've done and all that other stuff. That haircut. The haircut. <laughs> that's amazing, bro. <laughs> too good all right man well keep in touch and uh again like i told the others you guys are all motivating everybody on this social media platform stuff when you put up uh pictures and videos of you you know putting a complex up and and developing stuff in la or wherever you're at yeah that stuff is that's motivational for guys like i and others there's haters out there who get don't 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 you worry about those guys those guys are all they're all they're all on a different level of people you don't want to be joining in anyways but though but the guys like me and the others who get motivated by this stuff this this that this is the part of social media that we need you know guys you put it out there and i see it and i'm like man i this these are these are goals you know you aspire aspiring i gotta be more about it because i generally don't because of that you don't want no haters out there but i think like you said if you know if motivates people you know sometimes people do reach out on the side they dm you they want to talk to you and i really get a kick out of it oh, i yeah. really enjoy being able to give somebody your time and give them your perspective you know so oh, yeah. it's cool yeah I, I tell people this all the time man we have knowledge all of us have a certain amount of knowledge and it's don't keep it in like let people know about your knowledge. You can't keep that stuff yeah. in. Like just keep aspiring people. It, it makes you feel better and yeah. they're not going to steal your art. There's enough out there for everybody, you know? So, yeah. so keep, keep spitting, keep spitting the good stuff, man. Sounds good, brother. Right Chris, on. I appreciate you, man. I'm so happy for you, bro. You dropped 40 pounds since March. You look yeah. absolutely amazing. So keep, keep Thank us you. on that journey. You got a 16 pack. You're cutting your own hair. You're developing stuff in LA. You got the marijuana stuff. You got the restaurants. You got a, a beautiful on, kid. Mike. You've got a wife. You're, you're happy. You're dude. Yes. This is it. You're doing it. This is life. You're doing right? it, bro. Yeah. You're doing it, bro. Much respect, bro. I appreciate you and of best course. of luck to you. And I, Again, your success is is amazing. Thanks, man. Keep doing what you're doing as well. We appreciate it. Appreciate you, Chris. Thanks for coming on, bro. bro. Take care. Later. All right. Bye. See ya. I still don't believe that guy cuts his own hair. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Guy cuts his own hair. I was going to, the entire time, as soon as he came on, I looked at his hair and I was like, this guy's got the best hair. Cuts his own hair. Vast of knowledge from guys like... Honestly, the, the the day I woke up the next day and I was pretty fired up. Couldn't wait to work out. Some really good guys. Uh, so I'm, man, honestly, blown away by the connections that I have met. Matt Skura, Matt Petch, Evan Lovett. I would have never met. I would have never connected with if I didn't have this platform. Chris Sarkeesian, I would have probably never reconnected with if I didn't have this platform. It's just fun, man. It's just cool. It's it's cool to to unite with good people and at the same time just kind of get fired up about life you know get get some good stories and talk about real world stuff or the world issues or just people's journeys it's just oh man it's great i love it i love it so much the the work that i put in and it's a lot of it but at the end of the day it's worth it it's just so much fun it's so much fun 
The connections are everything to me. I, I love connecting with people, good, solid people. So Thanksgiving is coming up. Not sure when you're listening to this. You might be listening on Thanksgiving or after. And I'll tell you, I'm, I'm thankful for a lot of things in my life. Uh, but I'm, if we're talking this podcast, I'm really thankful for the people that I've connected with. And for them to just open up and talk about their stories. And a lot of the time, they, they would text me afterwards or call me and say that it felt really good to talk about certain subjects that they've never talked about before. And that makes me feel good. When Matt Petch, uh, who's kind of uh, somewhat down... And he tells me, you know, I'm, you know, because of you, I'm gonna get back at it because of this conversation I'm having with you. It it's, it feels good. You gotta have it, and it makes me feel good. You know, it's. Uh, I think we all have to make a difference in some way. I don't think I'm I'm making a big big difference. I it's I'm a pimple in in what I can really do. Just scratching the surface, and there's so much more that all of us can do. So I think at any time you can make a difference in somebody's life you just you don't have a choice you know i don't think you should have a choice you have to do it you just have to do it make you feel better and of course it makes them feel better so i'm thankful for that i'm thankful for the podcast i'm thankful for you all listening there are times when i see family i see friends and i would never guess that they turn me on and listen to my episodes and when they tell me they do it is such a good feeling it's such a good feeling and or i get you know direct messages on instagram it is the best feeling because there's an ad on this episode and they're friends of mine and that's why i do it because i want to promote their product because i believe in it i'm not out looking for people to sponsor will i take it of course i will i'm not an idiot of course i will but it's not stuff that i'm just going to take because i want to because money isn't that important in this little project it's not why i'm doing it i'm not trying to make a living if i was if i wanted to make a living i would have to put a lot of time aside to do it and i i'm not going to say i don't have time but i don't have that much time right now to do that but it's not the point of the podcast this isn't why I do it. It's not monetary. It's really, truly to connect with people. And like I was telling Chris, if you want to listen, you want to come on the train and listen to these episodes and learn because the guests that I am fortunate to get are the best of the best, in my opinion. They might not be famous, but these are real, true stories that we can all learn from. And I'm all about that. I'm all about that. And so if you want to sit down, you want to drive, you want to turn me on, and you want to listen to stories and journeys and how people started and how they finished, and they started here and they're now here, that's up to you. Don't force anybody to listen to anything. All I'm saying is I did this selfishly for myself. I did it so I can learn, so I know what to do in certain situations and how people went through certain journeys. That teaches me. It helps me grow. It helps me become a better human being. And so that's, that's this platform. So I am so grateful. I'm so grateful and thankful for all of that. And at the end of that episode, I did say that I have done more than 100 episodes, but I don't consider them episodes because I don't have anybody on as a guest. I've had solo episodes. So I'm at like 120 episodes or something like that. But I don't think they count. They count when I have an actual guest and we find out about somebody's life. So not about the number 
right? I don't care about you know episode 255. I don't, it, whatever, it's fine. But I have to celebrate 100 because I think that's a pretty pretty decent feat. Man, I'm rambling along, but it's all out of love. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Honestly, I was fired up to at night. I, I walked into the house and my wife Annie was like, "Man, are you gonna have dinner?" I was like, "I I am so fired up. Like that that was so much fun." And I'm thinking of doing more Instagram lives. So maybe we will. But I feel like we should get maybe everybody at one time. I think that'd be fun too. Anyways, I've rambled enough. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day. I am I Gabriel. Until next time, folks. No wasted days. Let's. Go! Oh.